Sentire Media. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast from Italy. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning, Jason. Today is the 21st of March, a beautiful uh, overcast second day of spring thank you so much for joining us my name is jason i'm joined by my wife ashley together we run own and operate live at la tavola marque and agriturismo cooking school in and farm here in beautiful piobico italia and we're heating it up and doing the mics this morning it's five something in the morning about a week and a half till guests arrive we are we're chooching we're ready to go um, <laughs> We are up early this morning because um, we are in training. We uh, it is yeah it spring is training spring mode. Spring training mode. So it's really crunch time right now, and we've we don't take naps in the middle of the day, and we're moving about and getting the house ready and getting ourselves ready. So when you fall into bed at nine fifteen, you get up early. Yep, you sure do. Ready to go for a whole nother day. It feels good. Spring training, just like baseball, it's like the weather's changing. The grass, you smell the grass outside, and. It's you've got these nice days that are getting longer. I love it. You hear the tractors out and the birds have come back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's five something in the morning. The light is not. We just got a little peak of light coming out of the east. It's going to be an overcast day today. Winds out of the south, mild but overcast. It's nice. It feels like spring. The air has definitely changed. Yep. We're opening up the windows and cleaning, it, getting out the cold air and letting in the warmer air in. You have to change the air. <laughs> All right, start us off. Where, what are we doing? What are we talking about today? Well, first and foremost, we always like to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We're always so surprised that people are listening out there in the world, and we have to do something we try not to do too much. Uh, I don't want to call it beg, but let's ask really nicely. We've been doing these vlogs, and we need you guys, we need to ask you guys to help us out here. Subscribe to our YouTube page, watch it on YouTube, share it, share it with your friends on Facebook. Getting the videos to move around helps us tremendously. And leaving comments, tell us, yes. do you like it, do you hate it, do you... Um so funny. There was a comment the other day about how the, the music on top of this one, and I agreed with it. I I told him. I said rightfully so. I was like, yes, you're right. But I use a lot of old Italian music <laughs> in most of my videos, so I wanted to switch it up. Well, his his uh, this person's con- this person's suggestion was, why don't you use La Boheme? And I like, thought it was very if you, smart. If you would like to pay for the licensing of La Boheme, <laughs> I would love to make a video out of it. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> So we've been, yes, working on our vlog from Italy, which has been our short videos, about seven minutes and under, sharing with you guys, just like the podcast, a bit more behind the scenes and what's going on here at the farmhouse. So our first one was kind of an intro about us. The second one, when what happens when it snows. The third, Il Capo. We introduced Dr. Gaggi, which you all know and love so much as well. And then we did... The cure, doing how we cure and age and make our sausages and salamis and hang them from the rafters. And the last one was from Venice. So if any of those interest you, please go back, check them out, watch, subscribe, like I said, share with your friends. And um, we'll try not to beg too much. (laughs) But I ain't too proud to beg. (laughs) 
Um, apart from scrubbing and cleaning and doing little fixes and painting and practicing our uh, practicing our spiel for the consulting thing, we've had a more of an opportunity now to have dinners with the old Godster. Oh yes, I love it. He is, it's always the same and he's great. He was hanging out the other night, coming back from doing some work at another neighbor's garden down the road that he helps with. And he was lingering and hanging out, having a aperitivo and you could tell he wasn't in a rush to leave. And it was like, do you want to stay for dinner? God, she, and he's like, oh, what are you having? What are you having? So I've been trying to do different things, practicing some different, um, recipes to switch it up more for me than for the guests i'm kind of sick of some of the there's a few dishes we do that i can't even stand the smell anymore we've just not that it's not good it's just i i cannot make it anymore i'm done (laughs) so um i have the firm belief that you never try anything out for the first time when people are paying for it so um we've been i've been working on different dishes so i was a little trepidatious because gaji is very um traditional particular particular so um nothing crazy that i was doing but he seemed to like he seemed to like everything except one big problem with dinner dinner was great dinner was great but dai ragazzi where's the bread but come on you guys where's the bread he (laughs) could not get over it it was reminiscent of Straight out of a scene of a movie, you couldn't have written it more comedically perfect. He would say, oh, this soup is so much better than I expected. This is delicious. But, you know, it, it just really goes with some bread. Well, well, you got to Well, yes, we, we cut bread because Jason has cut sugar. And when Jason does all of our cooking, so I have cut sugar as well. No, it's really good. Um, but the bread isn't anything to write home about in our no. area anyway. So if I'm going to have something like... What did we have last? Uh... Oh, we had some awesome rice dish. So we'll we yeah. definitely have our cheats. But the bread here isn't worth the cheat. So we just don't get the bread. So he – and we didn't realize Gaji was going to be coming for dinner. Because if, if I knew – if I said, hey, if we talked earlier in the day and I was going to the store, I would definitely pick up yes. bread. Because I know this man cannot have a meal without bread. Well, he made it known that this meal was without bread. And then it was like, I, dude, it's a – it, last minute invite. Get over it. He would. They'd be like, "Oh, the meat." But you know what? The best thing that goes with this meat, bread. Ragazzi, you. If you just have one <laughs> slice fine. of bread, it's you. No one's saying eat a whole half a kilo, but you should have a whole slice of bread at every meal. It's part of a balanced diet. This is not something you cut. Then we're even having dessert. Oh, Ashley, the next... what a good dinner this was. Oh, yes. But, you know, just too bad there wasn't any bread. This continued into the next morning when he, because <laughs> every morning he'll come over around 6.30, between 6.30 and 7, um, stop in, have a coffee, and then either he's, we get to work or he goes and about his day, whatever. The next morning he comes in, we're having coffee. Oh, thanks so much. You know, those dishes, you know, you should definitely do those for your guests when they come. But the bread. But the bread. <laughs> we're we're oh talking about the bread the next morning. It was it was unbelievable. I started just cracking up because it was the the rhythm and the cadence and the amount of times he brought it up was just so hysterical. Then he also that morning that he came by could not understand. <laughs> Okay, you are not eating bread. Why are you eating yogurt? I don't understand this diet. This is so- <laughs> oh my god, you can't you can't sorry, cackle you can't cackle into there. It's gonna kill sorry, someone's ears. Sorry. Um, 
But he just he's was just disgusted. Funny. What's this white stuff in the bowl? He was like, "This is yogurt." And he, he's a cardiologist. You would think that he would have some idea about heart healthy meals, but uh, not really interested in the yogurt. It's all about the, where the hell with the where's the bread. Um, um, he's classic. He is classic, but it's awesome. So there's always a good Gaji story. Um, we're trying to clear up all the loose ends. Um, with the business and with our immigration and anything that needs to be done before the season starts. Cause once the season starts for us, there's no going to these offices and no. burning half a day or um, having to cancel dinner or something. Um, some of these are plans. Some of these are pop-ups. Um, for instance, uh, I get a call <laughs> last week. What's today? Tuesday, right? Like a week ago. Yeah. The, um, I get a call a week ago, um, from a lady from the Eames office. Eames is, like your social security, social security payment. Um, it basically is um, the the government office that makes sure that you're paying into the pension program and that you're registered in the correct. And as self-employed, this is important that we do this on our own, and there's we're not reporting to a company or anything like that. So in 2008, when we registered as young agricultural. Um, we, what we? How do I say this in English? Predatory agriculture. Like yeah, I guess um, young farmers. Young farmers. Okay, so we're young farmer, professional farmers. They give you a provisional um, certificate mm-hmm. that is good for three years. So 2008, it has to be renewed or turned into a permanent certificate in 2011. Which is also funny because we got here in 2007. So it's interesting that uh, anyway, like how long it took to get. It took a year to, yeah, for get that, that to get. Okay. So, um, obviously we're now in 2017 in the, in the third month and I get a call saying an urgent urgent call. call. (laughs) I mean, this is from this lady. Um, you must, you know, this is very urgent. You have, you, in 2011, you should have become, you should have changed this into a, um, professional permanent certificate. And, um, we are getting ready to cancel your account. Um, if you don't do this urgently. And, you know, I, of course we had a conversation and what do you mean? Or am I making my pay? You know, I've made all these payments. What do you mean? Cancel my account. I'm up. I've never missed a payment on, cause we have to, we're, since we're self-employed, we have to make quarterly payments to the, just like if you were self-employed, you had to pay your taxes. Exactly. Um, oh no, no, no. Your, your payments are, well, this is not a question of your payments. <laughs> this is a question of the, the bureaucratic paperwork that you should have done what, 2006 years ago? <laughs> and you need to do this urgently. Now, all of this, is, oh all of this paperwork is handled by a, a professional called a commercialista. And a commercialista is, in a, is a business manager, accountant. He, deals, he or she deals with all this nonsense because it's, it's, it's way out. It's way over the um, pay grade of, of a foreigner, let alone even someone who is from here. It's just – it's easier and it's to get this professional to do it. So it didn't – and so I call our commercialista in a panic. First of all, thank God you answered the phone. Yeah, normally I don't answer the phone to be quite honest. Um, uh, so I call my commercial lease in a panic, and we need this document and that document and this document. Okay, we scan it, send it over to him. He sends us something back. We scan that, sign it, scan it, stamp it, send it. Thank God now you can do all this electronically. Because it used I, to be fax. It used to be fax, or we would have had to 
Go to the office of our commercialista, get this document, sign it, stamp it, take it by hand to the... The first year, for sure, that's how it was. uh, To Pesaro, to this lady at the imp's office. Like, this all would have had to be done by hand. So, you know, piano, piano, baby steps here. We are getting to where we can now do this at home. So Mm -hmm. it's not as horrible. No. Um, So stamp it, scan it, sign it, send it back to her, wait. It's so funny because Ashley sends them... (laughs) Both of ours. Both of them together. In two separate emails uh, to the office, and I just do it back to back. Jason's comes back. At (laughs) 12.59. So we send it the next morning, first thing, 8 o'clock in the morning. Mine comes back at 12.59 that afternoon, so right before they go to lunch. So we thought. We're like, okay, Ashley's will come by the next day. No, that evening. That evening. Uh, No, Ashley's comes. I I, I kept thinking, oh, my gosh, did mine get lost? Did they see Bartner twice, and they're not used to – married couple like did they think that was just a double scent where the heck is my thing jason's came in at twelve fifty nine, obviously right before they went to lunch where is mine i'll send it again so i shoot another one off just to be safe no ne- no next no, no. morning next morning 903 a.m ashley's comes through so they only work nine to one it was amazing we were like oh well Yep, that's the work schedule right there. <laughs> you can see when they left and right when they came in. Because they replied to my original email, which was sent exactly at the same time. As so there's no fee. There's no penalty. There's no fee. There's no nothing. All in fact, there's like this crazy urgency in her on the call for being six years, you know, all these years late. Yet then when we talk to the other offices, it's like, oh, yeah, this kind of thing happens. <laughs> she even told me on the phone, you are not the only one who is in this problem but we must solve this immediately so well also on a side note fabio and his um who's fought no one fabio's fabio's our commercialista sorry and um one of his assistants they were trying to make sure they had all the right documents as well to send so they were both tag teaming redial calling the office like a freaking radio show hotline for free tickets to Hawaii because they were trying to get through and they said neither one of them could get through. And I just thought this is hysterical. First of all, sometimes it's like, thank God it's not just us when we try to call these offices, even when the professionals, they don't have another number. It just rings off the hook. And he's got numerous people in his office trying to dial this number as well. And I just thought this is so funny. So there's no penalty. There's no. It's. There's no. There's nothing advantageous to doing this on time. There's no I penalty if you don't. So this is. It's just a great example of Italy. It's yeah. You you got it done. Yeah. You come six eight years later. It's, it's okay. Uh, it happened with the car too. It happens with the car. So when you are they in Italy, they have five years to send you a. Um, a fine or a penalty or something. If you didn't, if you made an infraction, whether it's on your taxes or like um, uh, went through a uh, camera or whatever, they have five years from the infraction. A camera for a speed camera speed. or whatever. They have five years from the infraction to send this to you. Well, the other day, I... which means they will either come immediately in the mail. It will either come maybe that. Um, driving infraction comes within shockingly the week that it happened, or it won't come um, until about 30 days or so before the expiration date of five and, years. And the thing with the imps that we just did was 30 days from the expiration date because it was five years, 11 months, and or I'm sorry, four years, 11 months, blah, 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 whatever it was, it was right up against the end of the month. 
would be the time limit where they where they can't do anything anymore about it because too much time has passed. So it's always so funny. So in the mail the other day, the postman comes up to the door, and that usually means that we have to sign something. And this one was a love letter from the region of Marque um, and the province of Pe- Provincia of Pesaro and Urbino, saying that I owed 300 euros for not getting the revisione from 2014. Revisione is what is um, uh, revisione. It's like the road check for your car. Car. Um, new cars after their fourth year in matricula in matriculation, sorry, in uh, registration have to uh, get this revisione and then used cars every two years. Um, what it is is it's uh, I guess it's a smog. It's, it's a smog check, road check. They make sure your tires Emissions, are good. The they make thing. sure your lights work. Blah 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 blah. It's like two hundred and two hundred euros. Um, so why didn't we do it? Why didn't we do it? Because no one asked. The, Yes, you're technically supposed to get this. However, if you get stopped by the police, they never ask for it. No one asks for the revisione. It's not something that you must have to – well, obviously, you must have. I just got a love note for 300 bucks. But I don't know. We've been here for 10 years. This is the first time I've ever heard uh, – it's ever come back to bite me for the revisione. Um, when they When they – Carabinieri pull you over. They ask for your patente, your driver's license, your proof of insurance, and your libretto. They never uh, the registration. The registration. Thank you. Um, they never ask you for your revisione. No. no. And it's not like you have tabs on your car that show that you did this, like in the states or. Um, a lot of times, it really only comes up if you're trying to sell your car, or right. I believe because then so. you have to show that you if you, they can ask for the proof Re- of these and supposedly if you get in an accident and you don't have a revisione the you insurance can. could possibly not pay out on it. Our car is such a pile of crap. <laughs> there is no way in hell. Should I post a picture of our car with this podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> We got this car brand new in 2008, and then uh, Ashley rolled it down a hill three, month, three months later. So the car would not have passed Revisione from probably the get-go because we knocked out the <laughs> fog lights underneath, and they're crazy about having all the lights working. So done. Done. It would never pass. No. Um, so I get a love note the other day, four years, ten months to the day that I was supposed to get the first Revisione. Um, the best part of this story was Jason's face when he realized, oh shit, there's more of these to come. (laughs) This is not the only one. I've never paid it. He was like, oh my God. So it's just, it's funny because you never know what's going to show up at your freaking front door or in your mailbox or what, who's going to be on the other line when you pick up the phone and something that can be six, eight, ten years old somehow comes back to bite you or well, the, the, wasn't finished. The funny part is um, if I pay the 300 euros, I don't have to get the revisione. Oh, yeah. That is the weird part. So I could have paid about 200 five years ago. And gotten the revisione, or I can pay three hundred five years later, but still, it's not like well, three hundred bucks, and you still have to get it. No, no, <laughs> no. I just think the irony is going to be we're going to get rid of this car, and you're going to be paying the revisione. 
you're going to get a, something in a few years once we're done even driving this car. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, um, tying up other loose ends around Italy. Oh, it's just great because we don't do the the um, trips to all the government offices throughout the year. It's usually in these chunks, and it's usually in the winter or right before we start. So. Uh, we went to the immigration office. We are now here in Italy 10 years, and we can begin to collect the paperwork necessary to apply for our citizenship. Plus, we also wanted to check in on any other updates going on with um, for new arrivals, for Promesso di Sojourno and immigration for the, our upcoming workshop. So we went in to talk to them bright and early. We wanted to be the first ones there. The office opened at 9. Jason had gone there a day before to make sure. Uh, La Bella Figura, we got not dressed up, but you know, you don't look, I didn't look like I normally look when I go over the hill to Urbana to do shopping, like for a work day. Um, you know, no grips in the clothes, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, we go in there to talk to the lady, a very nice lady who. <sighs> well, first we're told to sit and wait. Yes. And there's no one ahead of us. And I'm thinking, okay, all right. They're just uh, powering up the computers and getting, you know. Sharpening their pencils and <laughs> nine ten goes by. Nine ten goes by. Nine fifteen. Nine twenty. I'm like, oh my gosh! I'm starting to freak out. I was like, what the hell is going on? There's no one in here. The two ladies are just freaking chit chatting about their day. You could do this on your lunch break. You could do this when there's no one here. I have no idea why you're doing office, this right now. When office, we're, office opens at 9. Office opens at 9. We're the only ones there. Obviously, we look uh, well presented. We're not going to go in. I don't know. Like, come out and just ask us what we're here for. I was, oh, Jason was like, why is this freaking you out? You know this is classic. And I don't know. For some reason, it just was setting me off. We come to find out, ah, oh, yes, well, I'm sorry it's taking so long. Our computers aren't working. I what do you mean the computers what are aren't the, working? The computers aren't working. On a side note, I went to Cold Ready for the Farmers Union to do paperwork yesterday, and the freaking hallway was packed with oldies and farmers and three teeth, and it was just fantastic. Um, Alessio, one of the um, Cold Ready Farmers Union guys, comes out of his office, announces the computers are down. <sighs> Everyone was there for this uh, kind of... Uh, what would, pack, pack, pack. what would you call, call that? Um, um, contributions for agriculture. You have to get all your paperwork in to apply for the contributions that they offer. the European Union and the Italian state offer farmers. And it all has to be due by the 20th or 21st. It was the 20th. 20th. And yeah. so that was the last day. And it was just hysterical. So everyone goes to leave and everyone makes sure to tell them, uh, call me personally as soon as those computers are up. And I just thought, how does this happen? And again, just like these, um, what the whether it's with the car or the um, imps, that these expiration dates are very vague. Here it is, the expiration date for it, and yet the computers are down. He tells me come back Thursday sometime. <laughs> but back to the immigration office, it was just um, she was. A piece. I guess all the government offices in Italy have to log on to this horribly slow network to get any information out of their computers. So it's, I guess it's just a terminal. But it feels like it's 1998. What's going on? The oh. computers are down. Every office lately. Every office. I mean, if, if there's an IT guy out there <laughs> who's listening, please... The state of Italy could use your help. <laughs> like, um, so, mo the, yeah, so it was both IMPS, uh, I'm sorry, the immigration office couldn't, couldn't really get anything done, and also at the farmers union couldn't get anything done because none of the computers work. That was awesome. so true, though. There's a ton of bed and breakfasts and things like that. If you're looking at coming to Italy, 
IT, seriously, they could use your help. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. But what I love the most is how we, Ashley and I, get very, very uh, flustered and excited about different things. Where I'm sitting there in this immigration <laughs> office going, Ash, this is, par- this is year 10, baby. This is par for the course. You are going to wait. If, even if you're the first one, it's... Here's my here's my strategy. Either I go if the office opens at nine, I'm there early and and the first one there. So you're gonna have to wait anyway. But at least you're the first one in. Or go right up against maybe 45 minutes before the office closes. And this way, you let all the everyone go through. You're gonna wait one way or the other. You're rolling the dice, right? First thing in the morning, computers couldn't work. They could show up late, blah, blah, blah. You could end up waiting an hour even though you're the first one anyway. Or you go at the end and you could walk in there and there's still 20 people in the office and it's like, all right. But you can't go there at 10 o'clock in the morning. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't go there. You can't do stuff at that. You have to be early in the morning when they open or up against the uh, lunch break. That's my strategy. It worked. It was the same with Cold Ready. I was there early for the farmer's union, but there was already a line ahead of me. And I was there at about 8.15. And I don't think I left there until 10 something in the morning. And I got so frustrated because Pierangelo, one of our uh, neighbors, his daughter was there doing their paperwork. And she strolls in at 10 something. And she's going to see a different office, but it's still in the same floor with all of this confusion. She walks right in because everyone else had already, just like Jason said, they the big morning rush was already done for that. And then no one's going to ever, they know. No, and no here's how gonna... it works also. You come into, so say you're going into an Italian office to get some of these things done. You walk into the hallway and it's packed with people. <sighs> Baby, I hope you've been practicing Italian because you got to start asking, uh, who was the, who's the last person? You First, you announce who you're looking for. I, I'm here to see Alessio. Not that anyone's taking numbers, or but they are definitely this watching. This is just to the peanut gallery. This is not yeah, this the receptionist. The this is just to the people sitting on the um, hard plastic school chairs in this bleak office with flickering fluorescent lights and like horrible it, and it has that musty old smell to it mm-hmm. so you have to announce i'm here for alessio alessio and there's like three closed doors but uh three different offices where you might be going into it's kind of makes me think of the movie labyrinth where it's like do you want door number one two or three and like you know <laughs> you might wait forever but that is that the good door so anyway you have to announce who you're waiting for. Then everyone else has to, uh, the peanut gallery has to mumble and everyone ha- has to um, re-announce who they're waiting for. Oh, I'm waiting for Alessio. I'm waiting for Patrizia. I'm waiting for so-and-so. And so then you have to say, who's the Ultima? Who's the last one? Or they'll proclaim, I'm the last one. And so you have to know who you're waiting behind. And then wait until the next person walks in and it happens all over again. Sometimes this happens at the... Um, pharmacy as well, except instead of asking who you're waiting for, what is your prescription for? (laughs) And another one is at the ambulatory, at the uh, doctor's office, because it's a similar situation. And um, every, every, you get to hear about everyone's ailments. There is no private, there's There's medical privacy. privacy. No, 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 no. You got to tell everyone. I got a rash on my butt that you wouldn't believe. Anyone want to see? I'm sure there's a taker. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's just amazing. These offices though. And yeah, you have to be prepared to lose a chunk of your day. 
because you just and hope that and just like yesterday basically nothing was the only thing i got accomplished was getting a copy of something that was already done that i just needed since i was going to the office but what i went there for didn't get done i have to come back on thursday i need to get all this other stuff so summing it all up imps is taken care of i know you were very worried we are now (laughs) professional farmers permanently here in italy uh immigration we are we know what we oh god that's another one we have to write to the FBI to get our fingerprints and get mm-hmm. it apostilate and get that sent back to Italy and blah, blah. Oh my goodness. That's going to be a fun one. Fun one. And we're trying still to register for cold already for the farmer's union. We will do that on Thursday. So let's talk about the garden and what's going on. You mentioned a little bit about the weather and that we've been painting and getting the house in order. But a lot's been going on outside, too. The garden for 2017 is well underway. We have garlic that has already come up that we planted in the spring. We have fava beans that has come up that we planted in the spring. Potatoes went down because the moon was right. You have to have the correct moon when you plant potatoes. Uh, So we planted a ton. We planted 25 kilos of potatoes. Except don't rush the story. What? Gaji was here earlier in the day to plant potatoes, but he refused to plant... (laughs) So I saw there was good potato. Last year we planted all white potatoes and I don't like the white potatoes are good for boiling, but they're not great for roasting because they're kind of dry. They don't have a creamy texture. It seems like they crack more. Yeah, they're just drier. Whereas when you try to boil the yellow potatoes, they just fall apart. They don't boil well. So they roast beautifully. But they roast beautifully. And then when you roast them, they don't get as crunchy as the white ones because they have more water in them, but they have this creamy texture to Mm -hmm. them. They're delicious. And we do more roasted potatoes than we do boiled potatoes so i saw a sack of 25 kilos which is a ton of potatoes to plant um at the hard at the uh, consortium the other day and so i grabbed it 50 cents a kilo sweet done so um i know it's getting time gaji sees the sack uh, what are those potatoes yep what kind pasta java pa- yellow potatoes ah! Why'd you get those? No one needs those. Who I likes go, that? I go, Dottore, last year we planted all white ones and you said how they weren't they weren't good. They were too dry. They they it wasn't the correct kind. Uh, no one likes yellow potatoes. No one likes yellow potatoes. So he goes out and buys five kilos of white potatoes. Of course he does. So now we got thirty kilos of potatoes. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, we'll we'll give you know we put uh, we put five kilos down for our neighbors. We get, put uh, gave some down the road. It, it's it's fine. But I want to see if that will stick. If that'll stick come August or September when we dig them up. Yeah, and not only that, he was here that morning when we were doing work or gone grocery shopping and stuff into the bank or these offices, and he planted. The first five kilos, but he wanted to make sure we knew he planted the white ones. And I just thought you as Henri SOB, like you just are so stubborn. It's hysterical. I love it. I, I know. I, you know what? We, we bitch about Gaji <laughs> oh all the God. time, but it's it's because it's not really bitching. It's no, really, it's just, I love it. I love that he comes over. It's more reminiscing. <laughs> and it, it's great that it, the, the spring is here and he's, oh, and he's in he's form. He's in form. Like, 
he's back to coming over every morning and telling us what he what time he got up and what he's done before. You know, it's six thirty now. Like it, what? He, wait, he's like a sixty-five. How old? He's exactly thirty years older than me. Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight-year-old man, and he'll come over in the afternoon and talk about all the things he's done, and then flex like Popeye, bah, 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 like oh ragazzi, look at me, I'm a, I'm such a strong man, and it's just it, it's so funny. I love it. And then he, he proceeds to drink three or four glasses of wine, but doesn't want any uh anything to eat with it because he's on a diet exactly <laughs> i like his diet <laughs> but um but he will eat a sausage later <laughs> um so the potatoes are down uh we're getting ready this week since we have this really nice warm dry air that's kind of drying out the gar drying out the land uh we're going to be putting down all the little seedy stuff so we're going to put down radishes and some lettuces and some carrots and some chard and some after the, that, the onions. The onions will go in. Beppe Bianchino, our 88-year-old. God, this guy's awesome. So He's adorable. There's this man called Beppe Beppe Giuseppe Bianchino, and he is 88 years old, and he lives in Fano, and he's a friend of the of Gaggi's. And he – have you ever looked at an older guy, and you're like, this guy would have whooped some ass back in the day. Like, he's still got the frame of – he's got broad shoulders, and he's a little taller than all the other Italians around here. broad shoulders, near at the hip. Yeah, and you can just <laughs> see, oh, man, this guy was a, this guy was good looking, mm-hmm. and he's just got this twinkle in his eye, and – you know, he's got that old guy strength where he's still 88, but he's out there. Do you know, he's, he starts, he loves, he has a, he has a greenhouses and he loves starting the vegetables. So he'll start our, uh, a lot of our tomatoes cause we throw down like 500 plants. So I can't do them all myself. Uh, he'll start our tomatoes. He starts the onions. And then of course, when the tomatoes or onions are up, it's a, it's a share. Sure. He starts them, I finish them, and, you know, they're ready for the transplant, and then he doesn't want them all. He starts, you know, 5,000 onions. He does this for everyone because that's what he likes to do in the winter. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll, you know, 20 kilos of onions, we give him back, and then he trades the onions because everyone gives him the onions, so now he's a little onion dealer. So now he trades the onions for something else. Who knows? Maybe he wants fish or or Mm -hmm. eggs or God only knows what goes on. Um, But I love this guy. And these are the little things of becoming part of the community and becoming interconnected with all these uh, people who are passionate about – like Beppe wasn't a a farmer. He was a – He owned a restaurant. He owned a restaurant, yeah. Um, He was a restaurateur. So uh, he's a great guy and it'll it'll be sad that this – one of you know this is might be the one of the last years that we get Pepe's onions to put down. I know I've been thinking about that too, and it's this is so true about being part of the community and and I, I, this I don't hope come out doesn't come out the wrong way, but tapping into your resources, these people are are just a well of knowledge and are willing to share this stuff with you if you are willing to show an interest. Uh, show an interest. Um, yeah, I love it. That makes me, mm-hmm. I love, I'm thinking about that guy. We should go see him. We I haven't know. seen him in a while. Uh, flowers this week. Oh yes. So I think I'm going to go today. Time to get some of the pansies and then things that are a little bit hardier for, we still are having some cold mornings. Hopefully that's passed. Um, but it's, it's time. We pulled out all of the, um, kind of, uh, climbers and things that we save the jasmine and stuff and those did all well over the winter and um the orleander i don't know if i'm even pronouncing that right but uh fruit, fruit trees and have... the fruit trees are starting oh my gosh 
the one of the plum trees has just exploded and i we just hope to we god have, we've had two warm nights yes that we don't get a frost because this the, at first i thought oh i won't even go over and take a picture it's still just got to be tight and then when i drove up yesterday i could see oh no they're fully open and the bees are all around the tree warm night warm nights, warm oh, nights my will gosh. Do it every time you have mm-hmm. we, and we really have had two warm nights in a row well, warm um I don't know. Warm to where you walk outside in the, at six o'clock in the morning, like oh, it's oh, warm out. Whoa. There's no chill in the air. <laughs> no, to it. Um, but it has been windy, which means something we have been trying to do has made it even harder. Yeah, we uh, we have gotten a drone, one of the DJI little drone camera, little robotic f- quadcopter things with a gyroscopic camera on it, so you can do these really cool. Um, Aerial shots. aerial shots and almost like a jib shot with with a uh, with really smooth look to it. The only problem is it's really hard. <laughs> um, this is this is not a toy. It's kind of, we got one of the cheaper ones and it's really expensive. We watched so many videos before uh, you know YouTube reviews and all of this on the drone before we got it and made sure we knew what we were doing and okay, this looks like the right one and. My God, the big boys are about 10000 bucks, and this one's a fraction of the price. So we can lose and break a few of these before we actually get to no. the... No, I'm joking. But it, all these guys, I don't know if they have just had logged in their 10,000 hours of uh, DJI Pro drone flying because the Maverick just looks like a cinch to them. But yeah, there's a lot you have to think about at the same time. It's well, not just a little remote control airplane. No, it's not. And you have to uh, be smooth, really light on the controls, and you have to make sure you don't hit anything, and you have to <laughs> yeah. make sure that, you know, the whole point of this stupid thing isn't to fly it around. It's to get a good video shot. So flying it, controlling it, wind, uh, battery life, you know, are you getting the shot correctly? Is the sun, everything's manual. So do I have the ISO right? Do I have the, sh- do I have the iris right? Do I have the correct white balance for this, the day? If I turn into the sun, is it going to get flare across the lens? Um, did the wind push me up and get, you know, my shot out of center? Am I focused? It's, there's a lot going on in this little stupid thing. And, um, you only get not tw- to mention, am I herky jerky if I'm trying to follow someone? Yeah, can I-, I make a nice sweeping turn? Can I um, complete the execute the effects that I want in my mind um, with it looking as smooth as it should, or at least as, as it does in the YouTube videos? So you, it's very difficult because you can't get fixed on any one aspect of the flight. If you get fixed on the flight, flying the drone itself, you don't you don't get a good shot. If mm-hmm. you get fixed on the shot, you're going to run the drone into a tree. Um, or in it, our case, the side of our house. Yeah, or the side of your house. Um, and then, of course, getting the focus. Uh, we're not even talking about the focus, uh, focus color, light. color, light, all that stuff. So we're still practicing. We haven't added it into any of our uh, – in, into any of our films yet, but we, we will soon. I mean, we have to. <laughs> I know, but it's cool to. I mean, you know, it's not to say play with. It's neat to practice because you have to play with it. If, if you don't take it up and do it, there's no getting better mm-hmm. at this. The only way to get better at this is hours, mm-hmm. and those batteries only last twenty minutes at a time. Yep. Well, I'm excited to show you guys the footage once we start getting good at it. So what else before we uh, read another chapter? Oh, of your, yes. We're going to read another chapter in, of Ashley's non-published, non-finished, non-ever-seen-the-light-of-day book. Uh, without a title. You guys send me title ideas. I have no <laughs> idea, right? I'm just calling it the book. But that's, uh, I feel like that sounds pretentious, like as if it's the only book. It's just more, I don't have any idea 
We're just calling it the the book anyway. We read on the podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, we what do we have coming up here in uh, the spring and into the fall that we can pub so they know what's going on all right if you guys are planning a trip to italy or know friends and family who are let them know about our um this april just after easter we have our bottling wine and wild edibles there's a few spots left for that it's a five night stay and then in may we have our taste of la marque which is the craft beer tour wine tour meat and cheese tour a bunch of cooking classes to give you a real taste of all things doc and dop made here locally in la marque plus we have have a special baby for Mother's Day. Maybe there's a special mother in your life. And a two-night May spring getaway to our farmhouse. Two nights, cooking, welcome dinner, cooking class, and moving on to your next location. Plus, don't forget to mark your calendar for our Pickle Preserve and Confit class uh, workshop. That I'm really excited about. Those are the last weekend of August, the first weekend of September. So bring it home right now, and then I'll put the... Uh, and then I'll put the... Um the the book the book after go ahead bring it home all right thank you guys so much for listening you can find us at latavolamarque.com you can find us at youtube backslash latavolamarque facebook twitter instagram all of it l-a-t-a-v-o-l-a-m-a-r-c-h-e you can follow me ashley bartner at ashley bartner on instagram or facebook as well all right don't we're going to push pause real quick. You'll not even know any time has passed, and we'll be, Ashley will be right back with a reading of another chapter of her book. Chapter four, The $10,000 Lesson. Sitting on a plane bound for Rome, Jason and I had both quit our jobs and had booked the most expensive flight of our lives. After months of emailing bank records, reviewing contracts, and completing the due diligence, we were mid-Atlantic aboard a Delta flight for one purpose, to buy a 14th century mill. With Stanley Epstein in tow, it was incredibly liberating to be jobless. Without a shadow of a doubt, we'd be coming back to Brooklyn as homeowners. It was exhilarating. Thanks to the help of Fabio, we have been pre-approved for a mortgage. I guess he wasn't all that bad. All that was left was to meet the bank with the owners. It's true what they say. It's all about who you know. Fabio was engaged to one of the bank tellers, which helped pull a few strings. Jason and I were doing the classic wine and dine with Stanley, with the hope he would fall in love with the property and area as much as we had. At our romantic table for three, he shared unbelievable stories of the Rockefellers, Jackie Robinson, and Miles Davis. It was hysterical and relentlessly boring at times. He was this wonderfully eccentric New York time capsule that we schlepped around Italy. We wanted Stanley emotionally invested. However, we were quickly realizing he didn't know the meaning of silent investor and had much more than two cents to add. Jason was seriously hoping we hadn't made a mistake partnering with him, but it was too late. The meeting at the bank was the next day. We're this close. I can taste it. I squealed to Jason. It was just hours before our meeting. I turned on the television at the hotel as we were getting all dressed up, looking our Sunday best. It was a glorious, sunny September day. We were filled with jitters. Then the first of two bombs dropped. Plastered all over the national news were stories of young New Yorkers defaulting on their mortgage and how it would be the collapse of the banking industry. There was literally a graphic of the Monopoly man with his pockets turned inside out and U.S. dollar bills falling into an abyss. 
Oh, shit. Jason and nothing but boxers looking like a deer in the headlights said, Well, we're already here and pre-approved, so we have nothing to worry about, right? We breathe deep and head into the BCC Metauro Bank with our business plan, some 250 pages plus of research projections, capital expenditures, P&L reports, all translated into Italian, all our proper documents in order and notarized, Stanley, the not-so-silent investor, and Fabio as our right-hand man. After about five minutes of pleasantries, the bank dropped the second bomb of the day and cut straight to the chase. Uh, if we knew your mother and father or where you went to school, it, it would be different, the bank manager told us, shaking his head no. It was a sucker punch to the gut. What was going on? It was hard to focus on his words after that. I felt like the room was spinning. Jason and I were so confused. We thought it was in the bag. The bank thought we didn't have any money and were wary of doing business with strangers, whereas the owners of the mill thought we were millionaires. Both parties were thoroughly convinced we were too young to be doing any of this. The question of youth being a determining factor at the bank was not something either of us had ever considered. We had the cash to back it up, so who cares how old we are? It seemed absurd. Look, we're here with an investor and a business plan, commercialista, and have done our due diligence. We may be 25, but we've got our shit together. Let's take a cafe and meet back in 20 minutes, Fabio suggested. In a cold, empty cafe next door to the bank, we put it all out on the table. Listen, if we sign this deal, we'll be owned by the bank for life. The whole point of doing this is to work for ourselves, Jason said, stone sober. In this moment, Fabio could have sided with a real estate agent, ensuring a sweet commission for both parties. However, he said in clear English, cancel the interpreter. To buy a property in Italy, it is mandatory if you're a foreigner to have an interpreter in your mother tongue to present present to make sure everything is understood when you sign the deed. This can be costly since our interpreter was paid by the hour in driving from Rome. Stanley agreed. In that split second, we knew we could trust Fabio. Jason and I exchanged glances of defeat, and without a word, we both knew what had to be done as painful as it was. I'll make the call, I said. Borrowing Fabio's phone, I walked outside, trying to hold my composure. As I turned my eyes, filled with tears, quickly sliding down my red-hot cheeks, it felt like I had been hit by a truck. After all that work, energy, and money we had put in for it to be over in a split second didn't seem possible. Wiping away the last of my tears, my mind was blank and body numb. I returned to the table where Jason and Fabio were deep in conversation. I had never thought about that. You're a genius, ex Jason exclaimed. In those five minutes, had they really figured out to make it all work? Asley. It is near impossible for Italians to pronounce the S-H in Ashley. <laughs> Asley. Why do you not think to rent? This would be much easier for you. Then you can make a relationship with the bank over time. There are many possibilities. <laughs> I, I don't know. I zoned out. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. For the first time, it was suggested we not rent, but buy. This was revolutionary and a huge shift in how we could achieve our American dream. We didn't have to sell our soul to the bank or sell out to Stanley. Even he agreed that this would be the best recommended course of action. We valued this old-timer's input and experience. I didn't even think this was an option, I said. 
The paperwork can be done much faster as well, Fabio continued on. Bingo. Jason and I lit up. There was still hope. I had just been resuscitated and given new breath. We marched back into the bank, re-energized. We thanked the bank manager, shook hands with the owner of the mill, offered them a new deal of a long-term rental. They politely passed. (laughs) As we drove back to our hotel, our stomachs sat heavy. We decided to take a walk and talk it out on that brisk fall night. I feel like I could throw up, Jason grumbled. We just lost $10,000. That's thousand. Holy shit. All the paperwork, lawyer's fees, translation of documents, the flights to Italy. Our freaking apartment is in boxes. I know. My sister quit her job to move here with us. We already promised our apartment to Alexis. And this is serious business in New York. If you give your apartment away, there is no reneging. We've already got a meeting at the visa office on Monday. Almost in a whisper of defeat, Jason asked, so what the fuck are we going to do? And there it was, such a simple question that seemed to carry such a heavy answer. This was the crossroads. (laughs) We had already quit our job, had damn near everything but our toothbrushes packed in boxes, ready for the cargo container, and had made our grand proclamations to everyone and their mother that we had done it. We were living the dream, buying a house in Italy. Do we go out with our tail between our legs and go back, penniless and heartbroken? Seriously, though, we're supposed to be back in Rome tomorrow night. What do you think about renting a place? What are we going to do? He asked. A calm passed over me as I looked out over the lush rolling hills of the Marque countryside. I took a slow, deep breath in, smelling the wood-burning fireplaces in the distance and the jasmine climbing up the trees, hoping that Jason still believed in this crazy dream as much as I did. It was one of those moments. The only thing we can do, go forward. We look for another place. There's no going back now. With this in his, with his head in his hands, Jason asks, what about all the money? I quickly, like a verbal slap to the face, no shit, it freaking sucks, but get over it. It's gone. We're not getting the money back, so there's no reason to talk about it. That just keeps us in the past. We must go forward. Come on, babe. This is one of those moments in life where we can let it stop us. And we will always tell the story of when we almost moved to Italy. Or we can pull on our big boy pants, suck it up, and find ourselves a home. Let's call the real estate agent and ask if she knows anyone that will work with us. Come on. There's got to be someone willing to rent. That was just the halftime prep talk Jason needed. He pulled me in, grabbed my ass, and said passionately, God, I love you. Let's go find ourselves a home. The next morning, we met with Laura, Laura in Aquilania, bitter that she had just lost a pretty penny on the pending purchase of the mill, 5% of the real estate purchase price. She wasn't too thrilled to be spending so much time on what would now be a rental prospect. She bit her lip and swallowed her pride, knowing this was a last-ditch attempt, and said, Follow me. I made a call. I know a guy with a great house. He's kind of crazy, though, and rarely even shows up to sell it. So, we'll see. We drove for about 20 minutes, passed through the quaint village of Piobico. If you blink, you'll miss it. We turned down a dirt road, and our hearts raced. After six kilometers and beginning to wonder where the hell she was taking us, we climbed up the driveway. 
As we peeked over the hill, the property spilled out below us like a fairy tale. A huge swimming pool, a massive stone farmhouse with wooden shutters, two other stone outbuildings, all cradled in the rugged foothills. It was spectacular as we creeped to a stop. Wide-eyed and in awe of the surrounding sea of green, we looked around this place of paradise and asked Laura, why did you never show us this before? I told you, he's pazzo, crazy. Plus, it's way out of your price range to buy. <laughs> but lo and behold, there he was, waiting for us under the cherry tree with a crooked smile. That's when we first met Fushiani. Domenico Fushiani, a.k.a. Dami or Fush to us, and Il Papa by locals, meaning the Pope. Since he's the pseudo-mayor of Apecchio and the guy you go to with a problem. He's dressed to the T, but not stuffy. With a cigarette in one hand and his mobile phone in the other, he's a fast talker with a thick dialect. A country boy at heart with honest eyes that twinkle when he laughs. We couldn't understand a word he said, but I liked him immediately. He's a people person. Fushiani has a finger in everything in the valley, wetting his beak, so to say, in owning land and small business. One of six siblings, he supports the family with a self-made fortune. Fushiani watched Jason closely, giggling to himself and mumbling repeatedly that Jason reminds him of an old friend. Just like out of Under the Tuscan Sun, he had a sign. We were good people and could see it as much in our eyes as we saw in his. We knew this was the one. We could feel it. They opened every door and shutter, giving us the grand tour of this massive three-story farmhouse with five huge apartments for guests, each one with a kitchen, one bigger than our apartment in Brooklyn. The views were straight out of a dream. We were immersed entirely in green, surrounded by endless fields of wild edibles and woods that were promised to be full of truffles. There's a huge swimming pool fed by a natural sulfur spring on the property and a small stone cottage perfect for us to live in. For some reason, though, we were unable to look inside that little stone cottage. They mentioned something about gigantic killer bees living in there. We didn't care. This was our last hope and an absolute dream come true. Bring on the killer bees. They can't be that bad. <laughs> we whispered, let's do it. And walked up proudly to Fushiani with the help of our agent, who actually is working for both parties. Contract of interest? Hello. Um, the four of us came up with a deal for a long-term lease. We can keep the furniture and riding mower and move in by December. Holy shit. What took us a year of preparation was flushed down the toilet in half an hour. Then we walked through this house and, a, and signed a deal in 20 minutes. This time, the closing went smoothly. We just made a handshake agreement to lease the farm, estimated to be somewhere between four and 500 years old, set on almost 500 acres of fertile Marque land. We pop Prosecco, toss back a glass at the kitchen table, shake hands, and drive away. It's an incredible feeling after all that. We didn't have to get the bank involved. We're doing it on our own. I hope we know what we're doing. And with that, we burst into laughter, kicked up the dust, and headed for Rome. To be continued. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. 
Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy, and we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.